Hey, if you're a workplace coach or work in HR or anyone working with challenging conflict situations at work, we've created a coaching method that any coach can learn. The goal of New Ways for Work Coaching is to help employees or whoever is taking it to learn personal relationship skills for productive relationships. Essentially, it gives employees a chance to learn new skills and to change before big decisions are made about their employment. Sometimes they're just lacking skills and New Ways will teach them. If you'd like to know more about it, we offer our New Ways for Work coaching training two to three times a year. And these trainings are a combination of on-demand, which you can watch 24-7, and Zoom training with Sherilyn Knapp and Bill Eddy on the on-demand portions. You'll find the link for this in the show notes below. Sign up at highconflictinstitute.com forward slash upcoming dash courses or email us at info at highconflictinstitute.com. Welcome to It's All Your Fault on True Story FM, the one and only podcast dedicated to helping you identify and deal with the most damaging humans, people with high-conflict personalities. I'm Megan Hunter, and I'm here with my co-host, Bill Eddy. Hi, everybody. And we're the co-founders of the High Conflict Institute in San Diego, California. In today's episode, we're going to talk about histrionic high-conflict people, which is the third in our series on the five types of people who can ruin your life. But first, we have a few quick reminders. Here's the deal. We'd love to hear from you. Have you dealt with a high-conflict situation, been blamed, experienced violence or abuse from an HCP? Or maybe you simply dread seeing that person again, but you probably have to tonight at home or tomorrow at work, or maybe the person across the street. Send us your questions and we just might discuss them on the show. You can submit them by clicking the submit a question button at our website, highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast, emailing us at podcast at highconflictinstitute.com or dropping us a note on any of our socials. You can find all the show notes and links at highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast as well. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and please tell all your friends about us. Telling just one person that you like the show and where they can find it is the best way you can help us out and really help more people learn how to address high-conflict people. We appreciate you so very much. And now, on with the show. In this episode, we continue talking about the five types of people who can ruin your life. In the previous two episodes... We talked about narcissistic and antisocial HCPs, uh, which is an acronym for high conflict people. In this episode, we are going to talk about histrionic HCPs. On hearing the term histrionic, an immediate image of a woman in hysterics comes to mind for most people, but I'm not sure that most of us know that it's actually a personality disorder, one that is not clearly understood. We think of histrionic as someone with a, a lot of theatrics and drama, but it is oh so much more. Personally, it took a few uh, years for me to begin to identify histrionic behaviors, mostly because I was looking specifically for drama and really didn't know the other signs. Until, that is, I met someone who left me feeling exhausted beyond exhaustion 
from their attention-seeking behavior. And what I mean by that is the need to be involved in every conversation, even if it's not about them or doesn't include them. Also, the, their inability to remain quiet. There's just constant interruptions. And maybe most importantly, there just seems to be no comprehension that there's anyone else in the world besides them, and no one else has any needs, just them, just their needs. So, Bill, let's dive in. What is histrionic personality disorder? Well, histrionic personality disorder is one of the 10 personality disorders in the diagnostic manual for mental health professionals. But as we talk in this podcast, we want to make clear we're not talking about everybody with this personality. We're talking about people who also have high-conflict personalities, which means they have targets of blame. And so there's many people that have histrionic traits who don't have targets of blame, and they don't usually bother other people in the same way that the ones with targets of blame do. Like you said, Megan, there's more to it than they just want to be the center of attention. But that's one of the biggest characteristics of the personality disorder is drive to be center of attention, being very dramatic, uh, superficial speech, uh, very emotional speech. You know, I'm being horribly abused. Well, can you be more specific? Well, well, the other person is just totally uh, hostile towards me. Well, can you be specific? Well, and they really have a hard time being specific. Now, sometimes they've been injured by somebody. They may be a victim of domestic violence, for example. But many times they feel like a victim, but they're really not. And they may actually be more of a perpetrator of abusive behavior to other people. In general, it's these characteristics of being driven to be center of attention, being very distracting, very emotional, very dramatic, often exaggerated, sometimes false allegations, um, accusatory. That's the histrionic HCP is often very accusatory and very public about it in some cases. And so don't be surprised if suddenly somebody's telling everybody else that you're the most horrible person in the world, and that might be a histrionic HCP that you're dealing with. And they would make that public because of the, the attention-seeking behavior? Yes. In other words, here's a way to get attention. I'm going to blame Bill for being a rotten person. And that'll get me a lot of attention. That's the kind of thinking. And it's not real conscious. And that's, I want to add, having a lot of empathy for these folks because they don't really understand what they're doing, but still setting limits. You can have empathy and set limits on the inappropriate behavior they often have. Yeah, you must have empathy and must set limits. <laughs> it's a it's a one two combination in order to have a successful you know relationship or manage the relationship. Now, Bill, you mentioned uh, superficial speech. I think a lot of people don't really know what that is. Can you give us a little insight? 
Well, it's that, you know, talking about, oh, you know what happened yesterday to me was so horrible, you won't believe. You know, people were just so, so rude to me. They they told me I had to stop talking, that I was interrupting them, and that, that was so rude of them. And so, you get that kind of the drama, the superficial, and also the lack of awareness, how they're affecting other people. All, all five of these high conflict personalities that we're talking about really have are interpersonal disorders. And so there's somebody at the other end that's getting the impact of this. And so it really can be uh, very shocking, very frightening, uh, very distracting. Um, and, and in cases of public humiliation, it can really be hurtful to your reputation. I've heard, you know, some people who seem to have this impressionistic superficial speech and it's um you know it kind of harkens back to the 1980s the the valley girl type mm. of talk where it's oh mm-hmm. my gosh oh, la, la, la. Uh, is that kind of would you say that's associated with this or uh, maybe it could be it it feels exaggerated now they're not necessarily hcp so like mm. a lot of the valley girls were were more i would say irritating because living in california i did run into a few um, but more just kind of irritating because of the drama but not not uh, hostile or malicious. It's the ones that really target people with their drama and try to harm people's mostly relationships. It's a lot about relationships and and harming people's reputation. Um, that can really you know, hurt. And what's interesting is this is something you'd probably recognize in a lot of teenagers. But they it's not a personality disorder when they're an adolescent because it's often just a phase or something temporary. Once they're adults, if they're stuck in a pattern of this drama, drive to be center of attention, exaggeration, and even humiliation of others, that's when you're looking at possibly a personality disorder. Mm, okay. So, you know, we've talked about each of the five types of of high conflict personalities having a fear driven personality for example the narcissistic hcp is has a fear of feeling or being um, seen as inferior the antisocial sociopath personality has a fear of feeling or being dominated um so what is the histrionic fear it's really being ignored that they really feel desperate for attention. And in a way, it's like, I'll die if I don't, if I'm not the center of attention. And, and I've seen people like this. You can just see them fidgeting when other people are the center of attention. And suddenly they have to say, well, well, you know what happened to me yesterday? And they're often running with their drama. And now they're the center of attention. They're happy again. Things are okay. But when, when they feel left out, like they're around a group of people and they're not the center of attention, um, they really have a hard time with that and, 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 and really, in many ways, embarrass themselves. I think of the, um, oh, what was that 
movie. It was The Bridesmaid or something like that. Uh, one of the Saturday Night Live comedians, and I'm blanking on her name right now, <laughs> but she's just fighting for the microphone with the person who's kind of giving ordinary oh, right. announcements to the crowd. Yes. And she's like, oh, and then, and it's just a classic example. Of, Kristen Wiig, right? That's it, Kristen yeah. Wiig. She just does a brilliant job. I think she mm -hmm. produced that movie, but she does a brilliant job of demonstrating a histrionic personality, totally taking over uh, somebody else's wedding. Interesting. Very interesting. So where does this come from? You know, why does someone develop or how does this personality type develop? Well, as as with all the personalities, we tend to have three main causes for personality development. One of them is genetic tendencies. And I want to emphasize tendencies because different genes are turned on or not based on life experience. So the kind of epigenetic approach that scientists are looking at more now, there's the nurture and the nature, not just one or the other. And that may be, you know, 50, 60, 70% of somebody's personality, just being somewhat born this way. Early childhood also can can reinforce this. Someone who gets attention when they're dramatic, but when they're just being ordinary, get it gets ignored. And then, of course, the culture. And I dare say we live in a histrionic culture today. <laughs> For sure. It's drama everywhere as all the media compete to get attention and show you some of the worst behavior, some of the most dramatic uh, people. So it's, it's this combination. Also, to me, all these personalities, to some extent, may have genetically gone back centuries ago to where someone's drive to be center of attention might have really been functional, might have said, the sky is falling, we're facing disaster, when in fact they were facing disaster and helped kind of get people maybe out of a flood zone or uh, out of a war zone just because they were so dramatic. So I I think they're part of the personality gene pool because it actually was functional at one point in time. Right. And now, you know, what brings to mind are these uh, the social media influencers whose entire world, every second of every day is, is thinking about how to get attention. And when they stop getting that attention, they, you know, they get depressed, they get suicidal. Um, and they actually sent many commit suicide. Now, I'm not saying that they all have histrionic personality disorder, but I'm saying we're living in a world that's really not good <laughs> for this type of personality. Um, and, and, and to help, you know, if you're a parent, you don't want your child having all this attention-seeking behavior displayed, you know, on YouTube and um, any of the social channels on Instagram, but that seems where we are now. So what would you recommend for parents to help their child not develop this attention-seeking behavior and be so reliant on it? couple things. I think first is paying attention to the good things that your child is doing so your child doesn't feel like they have to be overly dramatic just to get attention. So rewarding them for positive behavior and saying, you know, you did really well on that drawing. This is really wonderful. And 
not overreacting to the drama is, you know, you really need to use your indoor voice now, or, you know, you really need to give a turn to Johnny because we want to share the time here and let everyone get their share of attention and not um, exaggerating their role, like in the family, like you're the little princess or you're the little prince and the world revolves around you because it doesn't. <laughs> and, you know, Bill, people are naming their children these names now, like princess and prince and king and royalty. And now my dad's name is royal, but <laughs> he was born a long time ago, and I guess it was a popular name then. But uh, there, I, I think in today's society, there's just this need to elevate your child to be the most special in the world. So let's give you the most special name in the world to make you think you are the most special person. Yeah, and it's really not good for kids to make them feel like they have to be special to be okay. And I remember college commencement speakers the last few years started saying, you're not special. You're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to learn important skills. You're going to have to make friends. And that's that's what's more important. And, and that's where parenting and I think early childhood education is shifting now is let's teach kids how to be. Uh, happy kids, be realistic, and just be normal rather than extreme. Definitely. Uh, so what are the stats on histrionic personality disorder? Well, the big study that I always look to, the one National Institutes of Health from the early 2000s, said that it was about 1.8% of the general hot population. And that what's interesting is they also found it's about equally men as well as women. Shocker. Yeah. So it's a small it's a small percent. But what I see the most, especially like as a family lawyer in family court, is the highly dramatic person who also has, say, narcissistic personality disorder. And they combine it with the drama and they're very self-centered dramatic. They love the stage of family court, and they really irritate all the professionals who want to get down to business. Yeah, so particularly uh, lawyers and probably mental health professionals well in those cases because they, uh, you know, they're, every hour is important. They're, these are billable hours, so <laughs> it might be a little hard to get any, get those um, those hours uh, or the the information done in that hour time, right? Yes. As a lawyer, I learned I had to make notes what I wanted to accomplish in an hour because it would just we get so distracted. Be, oh, Bill, and then this happened. And I don't know what to do about that. And and so you get less work done per hour, but you have to bring them back and be gentle about it and say, wow, that's very interesting or that's very sad. Now, how I can help you today is focus on this next task. And that's what was really helpful. And it took me a while to learn that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a kind of a two-step kind of shift, a dance, you know, give them a little empathy and a little attention, a lot of attention. <laughs> um, I, I guess you only have to give them a little attention to make them feel like they're receiving full attention and then shift into um, into problem solving. So that was a simple little shift there. Exactly. And that's the key. Anybody, family members can do if they have a histrionic relative or even child to say, wow, that's very interesting. Now let's get on with the task at hand. And that helps them because in their mind, they're learning, oh, I need to shift from drama to task to succeed. Mm, I like that shift from drama to task. 
Now let's shift into what this looks like from the other side. So what's the experience of someone who's around someone with with a with histrionic high conflict personality? You often feel like you're on the defensive because the high conflict histrionics are very accusatory. You know, you left this out. Well, it turned out you you didn't. Uh, I remember a story about someone who said the maid stole my jewelry. Well, the maid didn't steal the jewelry. They misplaced the jewelry themselves. And so that drama really can hurt other people, get people fired, um, et cetera. There's stories about personal assistants for uh, people in Hollywood, for example, some of them very respectful and some of them very disrespectful. So it's it's hard. You feel off balance. You feel accused perhaps a lot. And the thing in many ways is to just don't engage with that. Just redirect to some task, some project, or, you know, I've got to go now. I'll see you later. Mm, okay. What's it look like in a marital relationship, a romantic? Yeah, basically like that. You just kind of try to keep a balance and find other people in your life that make you feel good about yourself. Because when you're with someone like this, they they suck all the attention. They want to be the focus. Um, now, some people have this more than others. So some marriages, you might go, well, my spouse is pretty dramatic, but it's manageable. And some people get divorced because it's not manageable. So it's a judgment call. But everybody needs attention. And being around a histrionic person um, isn't always uh, a healthy thing. I would imagine that someone um, in a relationship, like a romantic relationship, would need to be not need center of attention in order for a relationship like this to work. Yeah, I suppose some people, let's say you, you marry a uh, histrionic actor who actually has a somewhat successful career, and you really love watching drama. Um, that's somebody who probably be a good partner. Uh, so someone who talks all the time and someone who's quiet might be a good match. Um, but again, there's a, there's a range here because there's a lot of healthy relationships where one talks more than the other. It's when it becomes accusatory, being a target of blame. Mm. That's that's what's really unfair and unreasonable. That's the key, that target of blame. So uh, let's switch into the workplace. Do we see these, uh, you know, histrionic HCP behaviors in the workplace? Are, like folks with this, uh, are they successful? It's interesting. It depends on the occupation and the position they're in. And so, for example, if they're in a management position, they may be successful because they're good at something and they're histrionic. And it's the good at something that helps them. Sometimes they are good at something, they get promoted to management, and they do a terrible job as a manager because they, they have to have all the attention. People can't get work done. I think one of your favorite TV shows included a histrionic uh, man in a workplace office. <laughs> I don't know if you, you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, the, like in the office? <laughs> <laughs> that office. That office. Yeah. That, and that, that series is, is kind of a full plate of, of you know, information about HCPs. <laughs> yeah. But um, demonstrating Steve Carell, 
I guess, is really a perfect histrionic in that show, although he can be a serious actor too. But it's it's just uh, very tempting and very it's great to watch, but I wouldn't want to work there. <laughs> right. Um, so what if you could summarize histrionic high conflict people in one word, what would it be? Dramatic accusations. That's one word. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll put a hyphen in there and call it one. Okay. And what tips do you have for dealing with a person like this in, in your life? Um, you know, setting limits seems to be top of mind Yeah. Um, when you think about it. Yeah, I think setting limits, but doing it with empathy, attention, and respect so that you're not escalating. Like if you yell at somebody to shut up, the last thing they want to do is stop talking. But if you say, you know, it's really, you know, enough now, I, I want to focus on this or we need to focus on this. In many ways, it's redirecting. Uh, with this personality, because just trying to stop them doesn't work. But if you redirect them with an ear statement, so give them some empathy, attention, and respect, and now let's focus over here, or now we need to stop talking for an hour because I have to get some work done. Oh, interesting. Do we see this personality type, you know, kind of show up in particular areas like for example, we see other personality types uh, more often in the family court system or juvenile court or maybe criminal court, right? Where would you see this histrionic personality type? What's interesting is when I've done trainings for hospital people, especially nurses, they say of all the five uh, high-conflict personalities, this is the one they see the most. And it's the drama plus the accusations. You know, you're, you're the reason I'm sick. Um, you're, you hurt me. There was one example, really, I read this in a legal case, of a very histrionic woman who had to be taken by ambulance to the hospital. And when she got there, she claimed that the ambulance person had raped her. And there was zero evidence. They, you know, investigated the whole thing. And it was clear that it was a drama that she somehow filled her head with. And and it got somebody in a lot of trouble until it got figured out. And so the healthcare system probably sees this the most. I'd say places like family court sees this in conjunction with the other personalities. Hmm. So they're very emotionally persuasive, it sounds like. Yes. And and especially uh, when they catch people by surprise, their drama can sound realistic and can get people worried, like, oh, my goodness, this terrible thing is being done by this terrible person. So if if somebody doesn't know you, and and a person starts saying, oh, you know, Bill Eddy or Megan Hunter, have you heard the horrible thing they did to somebody? Oh, they tortured their dog or whatever it was. This is just terrible. <laughs> and if people don't know, they absorb that. And because emotions are contagious and they're highly emotional. So that's that's the danger is that they'll persuade people of things that are totally untrue. And, you know... Our brains are wired to love to hear stories, and the histrionic personality loves to tell stories, right? Absolutely. 
and and they can be very exciting and dramatic. And when contained, like if they're Hollywood people, they may actually do well. But that's usually not quite the disorder. Once it's a disorder, it's not really functional. And once they target people, it's actually harmful. How do you tell the difference between the histrionic HCP and the other four types? If, um, it, or is, is that even important? In terms of strategies, sometimes, like sometimes people confuse this with borderline personality disorder, which has intense mood swings, but often includes a lot of anger, whereas histrionic are more, aren't really that angry, they're just dramatic. Um, although there may be some overlap of both personalities. Likewise, narcissistic personality wants to be center of attention as well, but they often, you know, are more able to do tasks and may be able to tune into where other people are uh, to, to make things happen. Their stories are exaggerations, but they're not as absorbed in emotions the way histrionic are. Mm, okay. Well, if the light bulb just went on for you about this personality type and, and you think someone in your life may have this, it's important to avoid telling them that you figured them out because you might not have. And also, no one wants to be told that they're flawed. And people that have, you know, traits of or, a, you know, kind of a full-blown blown, uh, uh high-conflict personality, they just don't have the kind of insight needed to absorb that kind of information. So just keep it to yourself, get educated, and learn the necessary skills to manage the relationship you have with them, especially learning to set limits. So in the next episode, we'll talk about the fourth personality type of the five, paranoid high-conflict personalities. You won't want to miss it. Be sure to look in the show notes for links to Bill's book, It's All Your Fault, Managing People Who Blame Others for Everything, uh, Calming Upset People with Ears, another book, and then uh, and that one's really good you know, for learning how to communicate verbally. And then also the BIFF series, B-I-F-F, that uh, Bill has written. Um, that then there's one for co-parents, one for just generally anyone, and then one for the workplace. So uh, we, we'll put those all in the show notes and uh, along with a few courses. Be sure to tell your friends about our podcast, and we wish you all the best in your relationships. It's All Your Fault is a production of True Story FM. Engineering by Andy Nelson. Music by Wolf Samuels, John Coggins, and Ziv Moran. Find the show, show notes, and transcripts at truestory.fm or highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show. Mm-hmm.